This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome, Carm Capriato, the Service Aftermarket's podcast pioneer. Join me each week for aftermarket insights from my guest host and an industry first, a virtual shop tour. Use the industry's premier podcast as your personal networking resource. And as always, know that you'll learn one thing. The video for this show is on the Aftermarket Weekly page on RemarkableResults.biz or on my YouTube channel. And we have Seth Thorson with us. Ain't that cool? Eurotech Auto Service experts out in Minnesota. Thanks for being here, man. I want to stop for a minute and talk to everyone about the nominations for these great honors from Apex, the Shop Owner, Service Advisor, and Technician of the Year. It happens every year. We're in the third annual. The uh, honors will be noted and uh, brought up at the keynote at Apex, which is November 1st through this 3rd. You nominate a shop owner, technician, or service advisor of the year at aapexshow.com slash service awards. And uh, I'm a proponent of this. You know that. I think there are uh, some really key awards that happen in our industry, and I do believe that uh, we're in our third year of Apex. So please, I know you know someone out there. Someone knows someone who just does an exceptional job. Dorman consistently is looking for improved solutions to help save time and money for those who are performing the repairs. Dorman's all-in-one loaded backing plate solution does just that. With zero assembly required, you can now stop disassembling multiple pieces to make backing plate and e-brake repairs. Dorman's loaded backing plates deliver a complete solution. This assembly replaced all the failure-prone components by combining parking brake shoes and hardware onto the backing plate. The pre-mounted parking brake shoes, springs, and clips for a bolt-and-go solution. Want to know more about Dorman? Well, visit dormanproducts.com slash tour. Hey, you like to learn more about Dorman's innovations? Visit dormanproducts.com slash tour. Hey, Seth, you've been a great contributor to the show. One of the episodes that you did with us just a bit back was Yellow and Red Envelopes. It was one of those profound moments that says, uh-oh, I'm not prepared in case something happens to me. That was a fun one. Contributed 12 episodes here on the podcast. Uh, your commitment to advancing the aftermarket is duly noted. Thank you. Well, look, at uh, let's talk about this, this great new place that you opened up and how quickly, how quickly you pulled it off. Can't wait to hear the story, Seth. It was an interesting ride. We... Looked at the building, kept looking at it, had some contractors in, had a lot of negotiations. We couldn't get the deal closed until basically the last hour of December 30th because we wanted it done by the end of the year. The seller wanted it done by the end of the year. Um, so we really pushed at the last minute to get this thing closed and done, um, including tentative SBA financing and everything. So it was a whirlwind of activity to get it closed. And once we got it closed December 31st, my team got started on, on gutting and tearing it down and uh, trying to make it into something that would represent our brand. And that was the process. And it was quite a bit of work. Was the architect already with you, engineers, how all of this was going to come off? Or did you just like rush, you know, and said to everybody, hey, listen, you got two or three weeks to uh, give me your proposals? Luckily, I have a good contractor I worked with because some of you guys know last year we just got done doing a ground up build on a building in Medina. This one, 
we had the same contractor, the same flooring guys, all the same equipment guys. We had a lot of people that were already used to working with us on a very, very tight timeline because we built that, you know, shovel in the ground to up and running in 13 months and the other one. And that was a process that we learned a lot from. And so we were able to leverage a lot of those things and the contractors and my contractor new timelines. And, you know, he called me a few times going, you know, I'm losing sleep over this. I'm like, well, we, we still got to get done. <laughs> but that took us two and a half weeks of scrubbing walls before we could even think about painting. So that, you know, grates, concrete, there was a lot of work. That um, pit you see there, that's where the alignment rack ended up going. But what you don't see is there was one of those old elevator lifts that was down in the floor. So we had to dig that out, get EPA compliance tanks come out, that type of stuff, and get that whole elevator system out of it. So that was a process. My contractor, who's, who's been a friend of mine for a long time, actually made an interesting comment as he's working through this project with me. He goes, you have a unique way of putting pressure on people without yelling at them, is what he told me. Well, that's a mark of a great leader, right? <laughs> he felt the pressure, but you know, we worked together and got some stuff done. And what you see in the shop is only part of it. On the other side of the building, we built our corporate offices and training room up there. And there was some before pictures of that room, which had to be torn down to the drywall and redone and new drop ceiling and all the AV work done. And that was being done at the same time as we were renovating the shop. So that was another 2,500 square feet office space that we renovated at the same time. Was that 2,500 already there? It was there, but it was an old church. We had to pull carpet out and drywall out and wood paneling out and drop ceiling out and you know, redo electrical and AV drops and everything like that. You put the dumpster out there, you gutted it, and but that came with the property. Came with the property, yep. And you said, hey, this will be a great training center in a corporate office, right? Yep, that's what we use it for. So we have SafeLight on the other side as a tenant. They kept their space. We renovate everything around their space, essentially. So when I bought the building, SafeLight Nationals in there as a tenant on the other side. Oh, so you got a tenant, you've got a corporate office, and where, did you get into the offices in six months too? We got in the office in six months. We got into those actually earlier because we started moving some of our people down there. Um, and then the other side of it is we acquired some of that space in the negotiation with SafeLight. Then there was some mistakes on the cam. So then we're working with SafeLight Accounting on figuring out cam reconciliations and who has rights to what space, who's paying what percentage of the cam, property taxes, things like that, because they're obviously in a triple net lease. And so they want to hold their lease. For many people that don't know what cam means, it's common area maintenance. It's something that needs to be negotiated. Like who plows the snow? You guys don't get snow up there, do you? Oh, we get tons of snow. <laughs> kind of thought been in been in Minneapolis a lot in, in my earlier life. So, hey, give our audience one or two of the most important things that you got to do right away. Picking your GC and making sure you mesh with that general contractor and that he can hold timelines and not give you grandiose promises. I've seen a lot of people give the contractor says, "Oh, yes, 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 I can do that." And my contractor's like, "I said we want to open it 4 months and he told me that's not going to happen." He said six months would be pushing it. So I said, well, then then we're going to go for six. That's the biggest thing I can tell you is find a contractor that isn't afraid to tell you no or isn't afraid to say, here's the reality. Here's what, and they have to have good relationships with their subs. So he's like, hey, my electrical guy can do this. I know he can do this. I know he can do this. The unknown is the permit process from the city of Burnsville where that building was. He goes, that's the unknown, some mechanical inspections, things like that. I said, okay. 
then how do we overcome some of this? And, you know, he said, well, we can do some temporary COPs, which when we were doing the remodel, we applied for some temporary COPs early and we worked with the city and we worked with inspectors of what do we need to actually occupy the building temporarily if the construction isn't done so we can try to hit some of our, our opening times and deadlines. We do have the advantage of being multi-stores is usually I can get a hold of the city planner. I go, hey, can I get 10 minutes of your time? The city planner has immense power to move things around. He's in charge of, at least in Minnesota, the planning the city. He's in charge of, we have a, a Met council and he's in charge of negotiating with them and working with that. A lot of times I can get hold of the city planner and go, hey, you know, I'd like to take you out for lunch, I'd like to meet with you, I'd like to talk or set up a meeting in your office, whatever's comfortable for you. We sit down and talk and I go, here's what we're looking to do. Here's what we're looking to do in your city. If you'd like to tour some of my other facilities, let's go see some other facilities. Let's see what we can do for your city. And then they want you there. And then amazingly, red tape starts moving out of the way and we start to get process and we start to get movement quicker. Fascinating and smart advice. Become friends with your local city planner or village or town planner. Invite him to your place. Let him see what you currently have. I failed to mention LMV Bavarian Technical Support, uh, Seth, that uh, you also have besides the four stores in Woodbury, Medina, Burnsville, and uh, now New Brighton. Just about ready to go and, and see the, the video tour of your place, but I want to share with you all four new listens from this past week. Uh, Napa Technician of the Year, Meg Lewis, came out today, and there's that little mention that I made with Matt Fonslow in diagnosing the aftermarket, uh, that interview with Lester Kovacs from Dorman. The Inflation Reduction Act from Hunt Demarest, of course, he did this like a week before they voted on it in the Senate, and uh, he was kind of talking about what he, what everyone thought was in the bill, and now obviously that bill is going to the House. It is so well worth listening to a accountant, small business person like Hunt Demarest is, and listen to his perspective on that. And in the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast, Marketing Budgets with Kim and Brian and J.R. Portman. Well, I think I'm ready to head out to New Brighton and get a chance to take a look at this great new shop of yours. And I think, did Tracy say you put the tiles on this floor too? Yeah, all our, all our stores that we own, we do the tile, especially it's a good long-term investment. So this, um, you can see our certi temporary certificate occupancy right there <laughs> as we walk in. So this is six months. Again, we did that's furnished and everything. We're missing some artwork that we're waiting on. We use some artwork from local artists. Um, there's some stands that are supposed to go on those kiosks, check-in kiosks that uh, we're waiting for. But we got a lot of our stuff up, the weighing rooms up. There's some stuff that's missing yet, but you can kind of see our snack and beverage bars up for customers. There's our customer bathroom. So you'll see that there. There's Jordan. He's my on-site manager, promoted from one of my other stores. That's kind of our dispatch office. We use a sales office and then a front end. And obviously, here is the shop. We're still getting settled in and organizing it. So pardon the mess, but um, we're still moving some pieces and tools. You can see boxes came in on shipments. This is raw and how it was when I walked in one day as we continue to open this store and get tools and equipment. There's Will, my shop foreman. And did I see from the photos that we had, the pre-photos, that you took this right down to dirt? We took the alignment lift down the dirt there, and the floor was all pitted. We did not gut the whole floor with all the pitting. We decided to sand it down, grind it down. The tile company I used came in and said, yeah, we can save this floor. 
the epoxy companies wouldn't touch it, obviously, but the tile company said, oh, yeah, we can do our magic on this and fix it. They send one guy from Germany. Um, this guy's name was Werner. He's done one of my other stores, came back to do this. He travels around and does this. One guy, tile by tile, they're three by five tiles, tile by tile by tile. He laid this floor in just over two weeks by himself. Prep, grinding, and laying tile. So you can see we still got a lift in there for some other work, but there's um, obviously cars in there already. Still got some work to do. Let me stop and ask you a question. It doesn't have to be perfect. The boxes don't have to be where they have to be in order to get open and start generating revenue. No, yeah, we, we want it to be our general idea is we're trying to get stores 75, 80, 90% before we open. They got to be fairly ready, but there's some stuff that, you know, with COVID shortages, we're missing some pieces of equipment. Our toolboxes are in. That's all done. We do all the built-in toolbox at all the stores. So those are all company provided. Um, what you see there is something people always like. That is our system for fluids. So what you see on the top is the fill and the bottom is how you fill the jugs. And so the oil company comes in, they hook their hose up, they pump the fluids upstairs, which keeps floor space nice and all our bulk fluids are upstairs. And then it's all a pump system and then this fills all our bottles. So we hose all our bulk fluids away and it's much quicker and faster for the technicians, more efficient. Excellent, excellent design. So you can see all our toolboxes built in. It's set up for currently three tacks. So go upstairs here. Seth, was this upstairs already there or did you put it in? This was already up there. It housed tires and junk and probably a dumpster load of stuff to get out of here that they had. So you can see all our bulk fluids are all there and plumbed in and ready to go. This is our employee break room and lounge, just waiting on that table and chairs coming in there. Um, some bulk storage of, of some filters and stuff for now. And there's the, a grand shot of obviously the whole shop and what's in there for our first week open that Austin Martin down there needed a clutch and alignment and a bunch of other stuff in there. Our board system, mechanical rooms back there. Our employee bathroom is in here along with our, our mop sink. So that's kind of an overview of what this new facility is for us. This is a 12,000 square foot building with safe light on the other side. So what you're going to see now is our offices, our corporate offices don't connect. So you're going to see this is safe light space here and we have our own door. And now we're going to go upstairs into our offices. Now we named them because we're, you know, German guys, German car specialists, Monza, Silverstone, Nuremberg, you know, famous racetracks. So this is some of our corporate offices. This is kind of a corporate meeting space. Um, Nathan, who works in there, he'll wave at you in a second. He's our operations coordinator. This is kind of a, a media room, meeting room. This is Daniel. He's my COO. This is his corner office. This is his home office when he works from home, but he spends most of his time on site in the stores, but when he does need office time, he's got his office there. So here's our training room. We have a slider that can come out. We got a boardroom right here. So this would be, you know, our board and meeting room, break area, TVs are all on one TV. This is where we brought Brandon Steckler in. He did a training just for my staff on during the week. So we do a lot of trainers that come in Wednesday, Thursday teach the same class twice. We bring half our staff in one day, half our staff the other day. So we do a lot of paid daytime training, which is another use for this room, which is a whole nother topic. <laughs> and I stopped the video just to be able to high five and confirm with you, you and a handful of other, maybe two handfuls of people around the country have made this level of commitment to have the space if it's there, you know, and make the commitment to training and to bring in people. 
just a brilliant idea. I think that's a trend in having training as a, as a strong pillar inside of every every company. Daytime, pay for it, and control what your people are learning. This is my office. That's the only thing that's not done. I don't know. If we're going to build an office down there, so I have it. I don't know that I'll go down there that often. It's 45 minutes from my house, but there's an office space there. Should I need it or I'll give it to somebody else? But it's there. And you can see all the TVs are on one network switch when we did all the network. When a trainer comes in, he pops his presentation up. All three TVs go live with the same presentation. So if somebody doesn't have a good view, they can look to their left, they can look to the right, they can look forward, they can see what they're learning. What an incredible facility that you pulled off in such a short time. Man, I guess what I want people to see and understand is that you weren't bashful I'm sure you got great deals and everything you got, but you invested some serious money in this place. We invested some serious money, but I would say you saw Nathan, my operations coordinator, in that picture as we walked in his office there. Um, he works under Daniel, and he sharp kid, and he really scoured Facebook Marketplace, that big conference room table, he got for $50. All those chairs in that room he found for $200 this was during COVID shutdown and he's finding office spaces. They're shutting down. He's like, Hey Seth, we can go get all these chairs. I need a truck. We go get all the chairs. I mean, he scoured. We really outfitted this place on a budget because I got some team members that really looked hard to find some deals and, and on their own initiative and, and really did an awesome job, you know, making the place look really, really nice for surprising little money. Um, all those TVs he found at a closeout, I think those TVs are 150 bucks a piece for 75 inch TVs. You know, he found all sorts of stuff. They might have a little scratch on them. You're not going to see it when the TV's on. I mean, our team did some amazing things to find some deals to put this place together within budget. What great advice that uh, just because you're successful and important and profitable and a, and a key contributor and a player in a marketplace doesn't mean that you have to buy everything brand new. I love it. I just totally love it. Uh, scour Facebook marketplace. That's the big takeaway from here. <laughs> scour. <laughs> I love it. You got open and you started to generate revenue. Yep. Our first month opened $54,000 in sales our first month. Okay, uh, on your way to uh, 125, probably in the next month and a half. That's the goal, about six months in. Cool. Wow. Uh, Seth Thorson, a Eurotech auto service experts, thank you so much for being here. Oh, by the way, this will come out to you as a podcast in your ears uh, this coming Saturday, but it's currently, it'll be on our YouTube channel within a few minutes of us hanging up here. And if you want to watch it over and over again, and of course, the link is always on the show notes page. And uh, don't forget about LMV Bavarian Technical Support. Thank you so much for this. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to everyone next week. Thanks, Seth. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 